0: All right. Welcome you all to class. Thank you for being here. Um, Everything green up here on this board is for us, so you can be thinking about that. I didn't bring a handout. Can you guys see it? Can you see it? Barely? Uh, I was wondering if the green would show up very well. I'll read it out loud, too. But we have, why should I have devotions? We're going to talk about that close to the beginning. And then right after that, we're going to talk about what you think about when you saw the title, Deliberate Devotions. Later on we're going to talk about where we receive inspiration and at the end I would like to have a little bit of a longer time for you guys to share your uh, ideas because I have ideas but with a lot of people like this it's good to get a lot of different um, opinions or things that worked. And this is the emergency plan. Um, My favorite story, the morning that Wendell called me for this talk he says, uh, he called me up and right away he was like, Morning, what, do you have, what are you doing for devotions this morning? And it was Monday morning. I had been gone that past Friday, so I had a stack of checking still. And I was thinking about um, doing my, what do you call it? Still thinking about trying to study for that morning. And I was supposed to be thinking about program practice. Anyway, so I had a stack high list of stuff to do, and devotions is kind of the last thing on the list. So I quickly tried to run through my, <laughs> this is... Plan A, and if that doesn't work, we're going to do this. And if that doesn't work, we're going to do this. I had my list. Anyway, so I'm, I'm going to give you a few things that I have on my emergency plan, but um, I'd like to hear from you, too, what works when you're absolutely in a bind and need, need to come up with something quick. All right, um, let's start with prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for today. Thank you for this class. Thank you that we can all be here. I just want to ask that you would be here today, and that you would lead out, and help us to gain something that will help us in the year ahead. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'd like to take you on a quick um, memory trail of my own. Um, When I was thinking about this, um, I'm a farmer, so I sit on the Swather a lot in the summer, and... If this seems to go in circles, it's because I was thinking about it while I was going around and around. Um, (laughs) But I I started out just thinking, trying to go way back and think of devotionals that I remember. If you ever try it, you actually can come up with quite a lot. Um, I didn't think I could remember any at the first, but, and then I was asking different people. The first one I'm going to start off with is my Uncle Glenn. I called him and asked him, He's a great guy to ask, this kind of stuff. And he said, oh yeah, that's easy. When he was in grade two, um, they were having church in a Grange Hall, in school in a Grange Hall, and my grandpa came for devotions. <coughs> and he explained the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And I was like, well, that's really random. Like, how did you ever remember that? And he said, oh, that's that. that was easy. He said... It's this old cowboy. My grandpa yeah, is a farmer and looks like it. And, <laughs> and he said, just this old cowboy being able to take something like knowledge and wisdom and be able to put it into something that a second grader could actually understand. He said that, that stuck with him. All right, and here comes my first thing out of the brown paper bag. And this, I've been waiting for a long time to show you. Guys. This. Um, was not the devotional, it was my <laughs> a children's class when I was about four or five. I don't really remember what the speaker said, but <laughs> it's just a very vivid picture in my mind. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. It's something that stuck with me. So yeah, if if you can find it, it's it's something worthwhile to have And then the last the last thing that I thought I'd tell you there's piles more. Um, but when I was in third grade, I believe it was, um, it was me and six girls, and we were having devotions the one morning, and Miss Krista said she was like Penny, could you read the poster on the front of my desk. And so Penny read it off. It was something, it said something like, God hears even the weakest cry for help. And then she told the story about Ishmael and Hagar out in the desert when Hagar left Ishmael under the bush and then went off and and saw the the (laughs) spring of water. Anyway, um, when the time that I remembered this was in my first year of teaching I was about ready to quit a couple times and yeah, you know walking home through the woods I can remember that and almost ready to grab the phone and call the school board chairman and anyway I, I remember I remember that that devotional from third grade and you know I waited till the next morning and things looked better it, it came back a couple times that year and obviously I'm still here today so I made it made it out okay all right um Uh, I already mentioned the questions on the board. We'll get to them in a little bit. I had a quote that a lady told me yesterday that I was going to tell you. And it went something like this. The Pope and the Pauper together are better than either of them separately. And that's kind of why I would like all your help on this class today because I've been thinking about this for a long time, but if we get lots of perspectives on this, on deliberate devotionals, we'll probably come out with a better idea of deliberateness than if if it's just me talking up here all the time. Okay, so let's see here. The importance of devotions. And I'd like to just give you a quick, some synonyms of deliberate, calculated, careful, intentional. And... Let's go, actually, to the second question right away. What do you think about when you saw or when you see the title Deliberate Devotionals? What are some things that come to your mind? Definite goal, you're not just filling time. Good. Definite goal, not just filling time. I love that.
1: Thoughting
0: out. Thought out, like Good. Thought yeah. out. Well thought out. Well, yeah, some of mine were thought out, but not well. <laughs>
1: it doesn't just happen.
0: Okay, it doesn't just happen like um I think on the I liked how whoever wrote the description of this is quickly stirred out of the mud. Good.
1: Very good, they're good uh, place to
2: address potential issues
0: Okay. So right. you for that. And I just, uh, I'll cover it right now because I know it's not in my notes, but I did think about it. Um, I sat in a devotional class where the teacher said, or the, it's actually Neil Hackman, he said, do not address disciplinary uh, problems in your classroom in devotions. But then my co-teacher, Conrad Smucker, he said, um, he I was just asking these questions about devotions that you remember and one of his students said oh yes there was this devotions one time that he talked about it was this huge problem in his classroom that they were all negatively talking about themselves like they would just degrade themselves and it was it was pretty bad Conrad went ahead and just gave his devotional around that and that was a devotional that one of them said he remembered vividly because they needed it at the time, so it was two kind of opposing ideas, but I don't know. does anybody want to try to bring them together for me? I haven't quite I haven't quite got them together, but It seems like for a
1: thing like that where it was a class issue would be a little different than just one or two students: and you Right point to
0: Okay, yeah.
2: I think, too, like, I mean, if you're careful not to call out a student in a devotion, but at the same time, having the devotions and then later on that day talking to the student and referencing back to what I talked about this morning can be super helpful.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, The way one of my friends said, he said, "You, you lay a foundation for it. And then later, when you're having the problem during the day, you can, you can reference back. I love the way you said that.
1: One friend who, who had had experience in church, mm-hmm. both ways, she said, It's different when you're offered hope rather than just an accusation.
0: Okay, yeah. So, in a way, with the devotional, you're, you're giving. Maybe not calling down the specific behavior, but possibly holding up uh, the, the standard of good that you want for your students. And then when later on in the day when they are not doing that, you can point them back. Okay, good. Any, any more thoughts? What
3: I usually do is that we know that we have a problem in the school, an issue, and they all know. Right. Mm-hmm. So many. <laughs> they all know and we address it I address it personally choosing a passage from the Bible that talks about that mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. and giving the Bible standard without mo- more than that Right. and they basically I don't give names or I don't mention the problem but they all understand what's all about mm-hmm. and then some, sometimes the guys who we were involved just came to me after and talked to me about
0: Okay, yeah. Right. Okay. Um let's move on to the top question then. Why should we have devotions at all? Um this is kind of going back and it's very very basic, but I asked a few adults and they were, they gave me this blank lip stare and uh we kind of always did it that way and we're Christian day school, which some it it is it is a good a good starting point, but you know, the first year that I taught, the main reason devotions was on the schedule was because the, the ten years that I went to school, my teachers all had it. So, um, why do we have devotions? What we're trying to do in the first place is point to Jesus Christ. Thank you. That, that's probably the most important one, is to point our students to Jesus Christ. And devotions is a, is a wonderful time to do that. I like that one too. When when we're swathing at the beginning of every field, we uh, our swathers have auto steer, so. <laughs> um, but it's the same idea. You you set your first line at the beginning of the field. The whole field is based off of that one line, and devotions is is like that. You you point you focus your students' attention, and then the rest of your day can be based off of that. Good.
3: were sticking to the subject. Like okay. Talking about uh, being honest mm-hmm. for a whole and all the devotions were uh, focusing on that to build their character and
0: that. Right. I like that. And so it was like the whole school. Yeah, whole school.
3: All, all, all the teachers. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. teachers. And even the parents, if they sometimes one day of the week the parents come and devotion, we, we, they were informed about it. Okay. And they yeah. picked up the passages and the verses.
2: Comes from, you know. I
0: see. I like that idea.
2: Could it also be for the teacher's good? <laughs> uh, we should have our personal devotions too, obviously, but um, also you get to school at 6.30 or whatever in the morning, and that whole couple hours is just some frantic, and I know for me, just that time of stopping and studying for what we were going to talk about, what I was going to mm-hmm. talk about for devotions, Um Kind of helped me get my focus right. It, it straightened mm-hmm. it out, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Which brings up an interesting question. And when It when brings
3: us to Go ahead. something more personal, right? We are all teachers, but when mm-hmm. you have emotions, it gets more personal. Right. Because actually, you're responsible in front of that for every word that you say there. Mm-hmm. And this got me the point in which I really have to search my word. You know. So, why am I then? <laughs>
4: Right.
3: It's not that easy, so it's better for us not to talk about what you know, we know it with weak ones that you know? and then search ourselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll a little bit there, and, talk and then talk about it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to leave my brilliant question for the moment. <laughs> 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 okay, are there, are there any other why we should have devotions? It's been brought. Have noticed for myself if I've done a couple you know pull out of the bag devotions, it seems like they come in a in a whack all at once, usually like it's three weeks when you're running behind. If you do actually stop and study for devotions, it seems like the children pick up on that right away, like you can actually see that they're like, "Oh, we actually get to hear them talk this morning <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, let's see here anything else before we move on if not I'm going to take I'd like to give you a uh, maybe worst a case, worst case scenario that actually happened um, in United States schools you know that they do not read the Bible anymore um, in 1955 is when that whole thing kind of started 1955 well I shouldn't say that since before the United States started, there has been many... Hello, Wendell. That guy just scared me. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, okay, where was I? 1955, New York schools um, enacted a recommendation. It wasn't a law. They did not have to do it, but they... The, they gave a prayer that the students, uh, that the teachers were supposed to pray with their students in the mornings. They, they recommended that they do this, and a lot of schools did. Um, the prayer was this. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on thee, and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. They put this in because they wanted to um, fight against juvenile, delin- juvenile delinquency and communism. Those, those are there too. That's why they put this in. Um, in 1962, there was a Jew that saw his son um, praying with folded hands and bowed head. And that was, I guess, very uh, against the Jewish culture. And he actually took one of those schools to law. And in 1962, we had the, the United States ruled that it was unconstitutional to have prayer in the public schools. That was the one that went all the way to the Supreme Court. If you read,
3: where did it start? What was the first state to start with? When was the first?
0: 1955 was when they put that prayer. 1962 is when they took it out.
3: But did they start with a certain state or all areas?
0: No, see that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And so when yeah, it was for it was for every everything then. Um, 1963 then is when they took Bible reading out of out of public school as well. Um, One of the judges that presided over that case in his, his notes about it, he mentioned that by taking that out, they were taking something out that had been in place from before the United States began. Okay, and then since that time, I was going to read some must have put it in my stack of papers at home that I didn't need. I was going to read, there's about five things that happened. One was students' grades dropped drastically the next 18 years after they did this. Um, they say divorce rate jumped 100%. Since that time, um, crime has, has gone up very drastically. Um, just different results of that. And in 2014, there was actually... A person who a professor from California that wrote an argument um, trying to get prayer and Bible reading back into schools to to help fight all this stuff. I don't know that it will happen, but somebody's trying anyway. All right, so um, we probably won't have to directly deal with that, but Satan wants to do the same thing with our our classrooms, and we've talked about it already. The trying to fill our devotionals with just fluff, um, he wants us to put the mediocre in instead of the actual truth. We need to be teaching our students truth and whatever we 're talking about um, the the different you know object lessons, stories, they all need to complement truth. The truth needs to be the main focus of our devotionals okay um. So, just right at the end, I'd like to give two verses. Um, let's see, the one was, that word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That is what you're giving your students. A lamp and a light. The other verse to think about is, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free or set you free. Um, that That's another thing that you're giving your students when you give them the truth. Alright, um, so... We're kind of in-between parts on my notes. I would like to have you guys group up into groups of about five. Um, there's five ladies in the front and four back there you'll be fine. Um, and then if you have five back there, Anthony, you could be with them too. I'm just going to hand out objects. I would like to hear what you have. Um, I would like you to tell me what lesson you would put with this object. So. <laughs> My little sister said, Yes, don't do that because. <laughs> that would be embarrassing, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, go
1: ahead and talk about it. You
0: have to
1: Ha <laughs> Hey, you all ready? I know I'm asking
0: you all to do something that <laughs> usually have more time to do, not two minutes, but that's why we had five heads in each. Okay. Um let's just go around even even if you don't it's what I'd like to do with this is just kind of give you all an idea, you can see the object that you have and hopefully next year when you're in February or March and dead, you can remember something. Okay, so I'll take this. somebody's going to tell me. Well, um, I have
1: been thinking about procrastination because um, you, if you look at your alarm and you get waking up like five minutes, you feels so good, but later it sets off your whole day on a wrong foot, and it's a habit that you build up, and you have a certain amount of time Yes, ma'am. I'm annoying to others in the house if you put these off. Heidi had a thought. Okay. Dependency. Cloths are horribly annoying when they are not dependent. Okay. <laughs> Good. And since so, um, people who are not dependent are not going to be around you. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Okay.
0: Um, next group back there, what did you have? Oh, yeah, the ticket. Oh, The ticket. Oh, let's see here. You guys back there.
4: We're thinking of our words. Uh, there's several, several here that were not shot. Several that were shot. Okay.
0: Personal.
4: okay yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah, thank you all for doing that. All right, I'd like to move now into preparation a little bit more. And this part feels like it's been hammered this week already, um, that you have to start with yourself. Hello, Verda. You have to start with yourself <laughs> before you can pass anything on to anyone else. Um, it's like this light here. Um, one day, I was out of devotional ideas, so I, was, I took the long way around to school. I could walk to school from where I was, and I was praying about it and walking along, and I found a flashlight just like this one laying on the road, and I picked it up and walked, finished walking to school, and then I had a devotions on the verse, Year of the Light of the World. And as teachers, we are like this. We need to spend time in the sun every day to be able to shine. And... That's just, it's so important, and it's come up many times This meet, these meetings. I, I think that it must be the thing that you're supposed to remember. Spend time with God every day. Once you're inspired, devotions can flow out of that, and you probably won't spend as much time preparing because you, you have it in you already. So spend time in the Word, spend time in the light, and then that will pass on um, the light to others. All right, and when should we? When when do you all prepare? I sat in Jonah Avina's class one year. I'm positive he had this class. He says he didn't, but I remember him telling. <laughs> me. Uh, he said that he prepares right before the students get there, so that um, he's already fired up and ready to go. For me, that doesn't work because I can't like if I'm pre- preparing right at the end like that. It means that I'm cramming, and, I, and my devotionals w- won't quite be as well thought out. For me, it works best the night before. Does anybody else have what works for you when you when you are preparing? If not, we'll just keep going here. Um, my co-teacher, I think he does his Sunday afternoon, possibly, on the Sunday afternoons that he is off. Okay, um... So we're going to go to this, where do you receive inspiration? I'm going to give you a few ideas. Um, we already talked about the Bible. Use use things very heavily from the Bible. Um, one of my goals last year was to teach Bible knowledge. So a lot of the stories they know already, it does not hurt to go over those stories again. Um, if, this is more for younger. Use this book. It's a very good book um, if you need stories. Another thing, there are lots of little stories that we sometimes skip over just because they're one or two verses long and the man's name is hard to say, or there's no name at all. Um, I guess that's why it happens. I don't know if you know Jeremy Erb, but he was substituting one time and he told told this um, very long, he said it took about 20 minutes to tell, a very complicated involved story about a man going through the woods. It was all snowy outside. He met a lion, he killed it and threw it in a pit. I don't remember what how the story ended. But he got that out of one verse in I think it's Second Kings or Second Chronicles. There's one verse and it has all those details in there. He told them that story and then he asked them if it was if they thought it was true and some of them thought it was, some of them thought it wasn't and then he took them to the Bible. So, you use those. If you're if you're reading and paying attention to your Bible, you will find those little little clips um, that you don't usually hear about. Okay, um, another place you can find things is church. Listen to the sermons. There are long words that preachers use that your students won't know. If you can if you can take a long word, well, for me it was hypocrites. They didn't understand the idea of a hypocrite, so I, I used an object lesson. I forget what it was. Cups, you know, peanut butter on the inside, and then one clean cup on both sides, and then you, you talk about hypocrite, and they look good on the outside, but the insides are terrible. Um, take a complicated idea from church and put it in something that they can understand. Um, one thing I've been toying with is reconciliation I don't know if that's gonna work it's an idea that I have at the back of my head that I would like to try to explain to mine I teach middle grades so three four and five I don't know if I'll be able to get that across but it is something I'd, I would like to try to have them understand nature when you're feeling dry take a hike um, get some fresh air into your lungs one of my favorite places is back in the wilderness. There is this huge mountain way back in, and it's a seven-mile hike. Unfortunately, it's probably five hours away from where I teach, so when I'm feeling blue, I do tend to think about hiking back into that, the lake there right at the base of it. Um, but, but just doing something like that, even just a small hike, does furnish you with inspiration. Okay, I'd like to hear some... From you, where where else do you receive inspiration?
1: Personal experience, of me anything very big Right. Use it as a blessing. Yeah, yeah, personal stories.
0: Um, this thing here, I like to call my fifteen hundred dollar um, pencil holder. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> part of a stacker uh, a hitch from a stacker. I was driving along. Um stacking and a a stacker that has a tractor like this and then you pull it in line for when you're going down the road. When you're in the field it's offset so it's like the tractor's here and then you're pulling this wagon on the the side. And I had a full load which is 12 bales and about six ton on there I think with the weight of the bales that I was carrying. And I forgot to put this hitch in line and we are going through this river bottom and you had to cross this Um, wrote a bridge anyway so I forgot to put the hitch in line the whole stacker went over like that the the, the temporary fix was 1,500 bucks till we could get the new part anyway so this pencil holder sits on the front of my desk the whole year to remind students that um, mistakes are okay if you learn from them I've never done that again <laughs> <laughs> I Use personal experiences all right, something else. So I guess I have a, a question. Go ahead.
2: This. Uh, I know, like, I would use, like, okay, several. Adventure Call was one book that mm-hmm. I, I used quite a bit. Is there, can you do that too much as far as pulling stories out of, out of that book and then taking some of their thoughts and their own thoughts?
0: I don't know. I ran into that too. See, I, I told stories and I told a lot of, a lot of, um, it was like puppet stories. And so they were totally make-believe. And I would tell these for devotions. And I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so fun to tell a sto- these stories because the students like it. They get into it. And it, and stories are very, very good for for getting an idea across to your students. But when it's, when it's too much, too much. Can you tell story all the time? Yeah, that is a good
2: good point. Remember my students? Remember me telling a story to them? They definitely remember the story, but they had no idea what the point was. That's (laughs) (laughs) to make sure the point. Right, and that's what
0: um, one of my teachers he said to keep keep it really simple. This again, the picture is hilarious. You will remember the picture. But it's also very, very easy to remember the point. It's it's said in one sentence. And especially for younger students, I'm not sure, older students, you could probably go a little bit more um, complicated, but for me, I try to aim to put, put my lesson in one sentence. A lot of my devotionals last year were based out of Proverbs because there are a lot of just one-liners in there that you can use for the punchline of your devotions. That was kind of... In a way, the you know, the idea is that you you have your object and then have a really easy way to remember the lesson that to go with it. So I don't know if that answered the question or not. <laughs> I guess I have another
4: question. I teach middle graders as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how okay is it to start a story maybe and let them take it on? Uh, for example, maybe maybe the story of Jonah. Mm-hmm. I start the story, and these little fourth, fifth graders, their imaginations just start going right
1: full gear, mm-hmm. and you can imagine all kinds of different things that you're in the experienced.
0: Right, you know, right.
4: Um, why he was running away. Yeah. All kinds of things. How is there a time when you just say, "Okay, that's enough."
0: Definitely. Make, <laughs> make that <laughs> <make> that. <laughs> <laughs> or is yeah. OK to pretty much in death? Take it as long as it's decent uh, I, I like the idea of getting them thinking and being able to tell especially like a Bible story like that um, Joevino would say that that you need to do that you start telling it and maybe even throw a little bit of a wrong wrong fact in there and let them correct you to keep them keep them with you through it um, because if there's class partic- participation they will you you know that they're helping, they're with you through it then.
1: And when you use children's imagination, when they are using their imagination, it makes it come alive. And right. It's mm-hmm. The because
3: thing is that when you know this, you have to, you really have to know from the beginning where you're heading. So you just cannot let them invent something or imagine something from the story. Without you as a teacher knowing from the very beginning, was the target, was the goal, you know? Then somehow, with their contribution, you along with everyone, know, just go them, go uh, with them and buy those messages. Other one, otherwise this is for fun, you know? They will have fun, but if there's no aim in it, it's...
0: Yeah, so what you're saying is, let them do that, but then direct you it. You have to know in the beginning where
3: you are headed, I mean, yeah. you know?
1: In, in John's story, what's the
3: purpose? So you have to know from the beginning what to tell about John, even though they build out the story.
1: Back to the thing of using imagination of the mill readers especially they can sometimes have trouble with visualizing and so it, it um, makes a problem for reading comprehension. And the
2: thing of allowing them to help you, you know, tell the story um, can be uh, <coughs> exercise in that and visualizing
0: Way for them to get into the story.
2: Well, I think too. I don't know. like, maybe You guys are in Steve's history class, but he talked about uh, moral imagination and like helping the students see things from another point of view. And there's so many stories in the Bible that you know we look at them from one point of view. And so like you know, take them around and try to view the story of Goliath from the Philistines' point of view. And like wow. <laughs> the <laughs> terror and, and things like that and I know that that can help um, like uh, you said there with with having a purpose of where you're going with that. And
3: uh, children they always tend to you know overreact to exaggerate so if they ask to a story you we have to make sure that they don't add unrealistic things like <laughs> Jonah did that and that
1: in the, you know, in the tummy. <laughs> 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 you have to, and then you bring them to science. If <laughs> you if you say, now they couldn't,
0: you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Make sure you, as a teacher, read. That is another place that you can get a lot of ideas. Uh, my latest favorite game stands tall Um, it's not a book that you should read the whole way through unless you like football because it describes especially through the center of the book it describes a lot of football games it's very interesting if you're sitting in the tractor for long hours and have time to listen to that stuff but if you are teaching you could read maybe the first chapter and the last three (laughs) there's a lot of good stuff in there if you come across when the game stands tall I forget who wrote it though Anyway, but read. There's a lot of good books out there. Let's
4: see. Did I bring any other ones along the way that you?
0: Use books like this. I I love this book. It's It has a lot of random ideas that you can you can put into your... The only thing in
3: the U.S. is the only... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I have to call the guy in the U.S., but... Okay. He has another one called Censored Science. Okay,
0: it's kind of the same, I guess. What was the title
3: of
2: uh, It's called Brilliant.
0: Bruce Malone, and it's actually available through C. It's out there on the, the display rack. Um, this book I have used at times. Um, I tried reading through it to my students, but it didn't work so well. They, they did get bored with it. It does kind of hammer, in a way, on the same subject throughout. Through s- it's called Horse Stories, Man Played with Sticks. It's out there as well. Um, probably if I would use this again, I would read a story and then tell it to my students so that you can tweak the details a little bit to make sure they understand it. Um, this one, it's just the place for oh, hello Joel. I'm gonna I'm gonna here. Okay, now I am getting lost in my notes. So if anybody has anything to say while I'm looking at them, you can do that.
1: One of the, sorry, I had a devotional last here that my brother did, um, he had him go around the circle and say something good about someone else in church. We went around the circle three times. It's really neat. And I don't know, if it's fifteen students. It really was good to think about this. Yeah. uh-huh. It's one stood out to the students. And the morning before that was during achievement test where we were together. I mean, were there. Something yeah. that we struggle with, you know, a personal struggle with. Oh, wow. He said, confess your faults <laughs> once again. That's kind There were a few of the little ones. <laughs> couldn't think of anything, but it's
0: good. That's really good. That That would almost be one of the ones that I would put on this guy here. You use it one time a year, and you use it in a pinch, and it's really good. Use it in the emergency plan. Um, I, I I like that.
2: Also, having some kind of classroom cues is helpful. Um, last year, I had like my character wall that I had uh, just character in big letters. Mm-hmm. And then Most
0: character traits you can have, have come up with a Bible story yeah. on a pinch. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I did a variation of that one year. You know, I didn't, I didn't have it up on the wall to start with, but throughout the year, uh, I would do kind of the same thing. In a pinch, I would grab a character trait out of my stat and we would talk about it, and then it would go up on the wall.
1: One I used it a lot or last year, my students loved it, is a character sketches book. I don't know if any of you are familiar with those, really big books. There's three of them in a set. Talk a lot about animals and then it gives the story of the it. mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I really it. One of
0: my co teachers <coughs> used that exact set. Thank you for reminding me of that. I'm going to put it on and ask her for it. But yeah, use animals. That That is mostly what the, those are about.
2: Um, mm-hmm. curious if animal has used Dr.
1: She's books. <laughs> I have.
0: Yertle the Turtle was one that I did. And, and Horton used you. Oh, okay. okay. I, I didn't read that one. But. What was I scared of?
1: Did
0: that? I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brother John...
2: His brother John always uses all the places you go. Um, at the end of the year. Okay. But those can, like, I mean, you kind of have to be careful about using some of those devotional books, but like, they can come in. Uh, yeah, like, you know, the, the Butter Battle Book? Um, on occasion.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably might start getting complaints if you if you do a series on it, but. Yeah. <laughs> okay Okay, um, let's see. Thank you for all your ideas. Let's see. There was one thing I was going to tell, to keep your sanity as a teacher, um, at the beginning of the year, do something like uh, try to whittle your devotional periods that you actually have down to one or two a week. Um, whole school singing is something that we do I do room singing one week or one day and what's on the other day I can't remember do you enjoy? Joella <laughs> Can we pray okay I didn't do that this last year but that is one, one day a week of do um, prayer uh, oh yeah somebody comes in from church yeah and then so uh, what I would do is student devotions on one day as well sometimes and usually it ended up one or two devotionals per week that I would have. Okay, um, I would like to give you three pictures from the Bible yet that, is, that are for you as a teacher. If I can find where they are in my notes. The first one is, if you think about the widow who took Elijah in during that, that drought, every day she went to the barrel and there was enough food for that day. When you're giving devotionals you should give enough food for that day. That, that is what you're, you're doing. The next picture is also an assignment for you guys. Matthew 13 is a chapter that you should read. It has many, um, many, maybe three parables or four about sowing seed. Like that story that I told about Miss Krista, she gave me something from third grade that came back to me when I needed it way down the road that is also what you're doing so devotionals when you give a devotional they kind of they can fill two purposes one for right now and you're also sowing seed for later on in the year the third and last picture that i'd like you to give is kind of a way to approach each day in your classroom um you're bringing a lot of talents to the classroom that you will be able to impact these students with a lot of good or bad um the only way to really really impact them is to come like the little lad did to Jesus. He brought his five barley loaves and two fish to Jesus and his lunch probably would have been enough to feed himself, but when he brought it to Jesus the results were way more than he could have ever imagined. So your talents buy by themselves They may be enough to feed you, and you probably will be able to feed your students at least some, but as you bring them to Christ, there's no limit to what could happen. Thank you for being a part of this class. I really enjoyed it. You are dismissed.